from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome to the Jack and Spike Show. Seattle Council Member Tammy Morales joins a coalition demanding a recall of Kia Hyundai vehicles. Nothing like wasting our time and taxpayer dollars. <laughs> shouting from the rooftops. Shouting from the rooftops. <laughs> Portland is rethinking their whole decriminalizing drugs thing. Isn't the consequences of my actions such a burden to bear? But before we get to all of that, I just I am so elated today because now we can finally walk the streets, not in fear. We can finally let the children out. We can finally little yeah, old ladies yeah. can open up their blinds. You know what I mean? I the, do. I the, do. The world, the sun is rising again. It's it's morning in the northwest. It's morning in the northwest nice. today. Coin that because phrase. Uh, it, I, it, I never thought I would have to say this phrase. I, I just never thought it would happen. But the pajama gang that was breaking into cars has finally potentially been caught. Apparently, they got into a scuffle that a bunch of bystanders had to step in. Four teenage girls between the ages of 13 and 16, they were driving a stolen car. They were apprehended on Sunday after allegedly assaulting and attempting to rob a woman at a federal grocery store. Now, this is interesting because they match the exact description of the pajama gang. The jammy bandits. The jammy bandits. And so my initial age range was I was not thinking 13 to 16. I was thinking 16 to 18. But these pajama bandits, bandits, apparently they these are some rough and tumble young ladies. These girls know how to toss. They attacked this woman in her 40s. They threw her to the ground. They were trying to kick her. And then a retired police officer, thank you so much, they were able to intervene and stop the attack. The victim sustained minor injuries. Yeah. Uh, we, we laugh and make jokes because of the, the lunacy of a... A street gang with a stolen car, multiple burglaries, assaults in broad well, daylight, being 13 to 16-year-old girls, right. a suburban, a, a gaggle of future Karens on the prowl. <laughs> I mean, you, I, I, I don't want to... You you have said so often that it starts at home. Starts with mom and you dad. You know, mom and dad, where, you know, first off, oh, I mean, I, first off, I, I can now look at teenagers in pajamas in broad daylight without... Wondering, is this them? And also being a creep. Right. right? Well, well, that? That's an added bonus. <laughs> but I've been, you know, every time you see kids out in the street, it's like, is this is this the one? Is this the bad? Is well, this the, the, the ne'er-do-well that's been 18 car prowl burglaries from four cities? So, so I, you know, I recently started seeing a chiropractor, right? And so I- you're twisting yourself in knots over the story? Right. And so she she asked me about my, my job and what it is that I do. And okay. I say, well, I work in, in broadcast media. And I tell her I work for Cairo Radio. And she goes, what's radio? And so then uh, she, she's, oh she goes, uh, well, let me try to, let's see if we can work out some of this stress. And then she's, she's like feeling my spine. And she goes- so what do you talk about on, on your show? And I go, death, destruction, uh, drug use. Most of the time it's involving kids. Occasionally you got a dead baby whale. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> what people want to hear. And she goes, I think you're storing a lot of this in your spine. Now, this story has a point, by the way. This is I'm, I'm going somewhere okay. with it. So then she goes to, she goes, well, let me let me see if I can get this vertebrae. She goes, I feel like I can pop this bad boy back into place, right? And I go, okay, lady, I trust you because she's really good at what she does. And then she cracks my neck so hard, it is so audible, that the people in the waiting room go, ooh, like they were so... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. The walls came down. And I was thinking about it as I was trying to recover, because obviously my head had just been severed from my body. It was amazing, but it was like a very deep, you know, it was very like... 
even uh, uh, you know the skeletons from the Disney movies, even they yeah. were like, ooh. <laughs> Uh, I thought about it. I think that stories like this are important from the perspective of we need to contextualize them and be able to, in in some instances, laugh at them and in some instances be grateful that it's over because otherwise what happens is the reality of it is that we've got pajama bandits who are going around and beating up middle-aged women. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you I have you. if you carry the stress, we have a physiological response to this kind of stuff, and I think that's why when people see this, it's like you either have two options with these kinds of stories. I'll give you another example of this. The uh the fact that Portland is declaring a state of emergency because of the amount of fentanyl in the, in downtown Portland. This is this is we're talking about Ted Wheeler, Mister. We shouldn't criminalize people with mental illness, right? Or, or people with public drug use. And right. These are people who need our help. These are our fellow brothers and sisters now coming out and saying, "Hey, y'all. So you got? Hey, listen, guys. You remember when I uh, said all that stuff about don't want to criminalize substance use disorder about four years ago? Me, Ted Wheeler, with my model good looks." I uh, maybe made a mistake. <laughs> may have steered us down the wrong primrose path of optimism and, and benevolent love. So I was just curious if maybe we could try to do a little bit of a... It, it sounds bad, but I was just curious if maybe in order to get the resources from the federal government, we could call it, you know, something along the lines of like... A, a state of emergency. Ooh, Ooh right. Yeah, because, that brings in the federal dollars. Because I, I let's not put blame here. You know, let's not say it's anyone's fault. No, no, We've no, all no, learned from no. it sure, and moved sure. on. Our intentions were golden, much like the you're in, <laughs> on our sidewalks. Right, much, yeah, thanks a lot, Ted. Right. Our, well, at least they're at least they're saying, you know what? We can't ride this lunacy any longer, and we. Ooh, oh, we messed up. Yeah, yeah and we yeah, yeah, need yeah, your yeah. help. We need help with this because we've created a monster we can't control. So they have made the de- declaration for a ninety-day period. This is Ted Wheeler. This is Mister. We are not going to put people in drug in in jail for drug use. Coming out and saying ninety-day period in which the cl- collaboration and response will come from a command center downtown. Ooh, a command center. Yeah, I good. hope it's I hope it's controlled by Willem Dafoe, like the the inside <laughs> man, right? Oh, I got a nice a forty million dollar RV yeah, down there, big old van, yeah, like right? Yeah. And Willem Dafoe can be in there with his tack vest, mm-hmm. and he can be like, get those meth pipes off these streets. Yeah, a, a young Chuthel Ejiofor walking out there, telling so the boss how good he's doing. So good. So the th- got to do something down there, man. It's the not re- a parade anymore. The reason that they have to declare this, by the way, is so that they can, one, apply for federal funding, yeah. but then also, two, when they make this declaration, it's not just like a... Um, for funsies, they then they the, the charter gives them certain abilities that they would not have had previously with certain resources. Yeah, they, they can actually do the job. There are limits to what cities can do to solve the problems that sometimes even have, even problems of their own creation. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. in Portland, right? But when you when you step it up a notch to de- a declaration of a, of a public health emergency and a safety emergency, you get the uh, you get to take the gloves off. Yeah, and you know, like my perspective on this is one to be incredibly sarcastic because it is hilarious that Mister I don't want people to go to jail for using drugs is now saying people got to go to jail people for using get, drugs. Yeah, we but, need a city back. I mean, the other aspect of this is if Ted Wheeler had come to me four years ago mm-hmm. and said this is our new uh, strategy that we're using in Portland, I would have said, Ted, Teddy, my dude, my guy, uh, I have lived in San Francisco. 
And I know that it looks really nice, like when we watch different movies from back in the day, like Bullet or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, okay. yeah. I know that when you watch The Rock, I know it looks really great, right? right? Yeah. With Sean Connery driving a Humvee through downtown San Francisco. Now it looks like a burned out hellhole. Now it looks awful. It is, you do not want this. I left that city years ago because I saw where it was going. You don't want it here. This is should have been common knowledge, and yet it seems as if nobody wanted to pay attention to the trickle-up effect from L.A. to San Francisco. No one was looking at the rising tide. That's based. And instead, they just decided to say, well, we'll do it different. How? We won't criminalize it. Like in San Francisco? Yeah, but different. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> well, I can kind of see their thoughts behind t- hoping to take this more compassionate, more humane, more more medically-based approach to what they were doing because the great northwest to eat portland our 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 little brother will never have professional baseball (laughs) it's a a far cry from la right it's a far cry from california sure i mean you can expect that the oregonians and the portlandiers will have a more embraced more more uh, more supportive more empathetic but they didn't have that they they closed their eyes and turned away to let those problems just fester and and the boil get bigger and bigger and bigger until it burst and now the city is untenable with the amount of crime, pollution, danger, homelessness. I, I used to work in Portland. I spent a year working in Portland mm-hmm. and driving into Portland on, on a twice a week, almost daily basis. The difference between what we have to, what we are dealing with, which is bad in Seattle, and Port, what is Portland is dealing with is tenfold down there with the amount of homelessness on the street, which means the amount of encampments that are permanent structures along every overpass, underpass, When I was driving through Portland with all my stuff, because the management here made me go back to California and get all my stuff out of storage and well, drive. Well, you not pay to ship your expensive guitars. <laughs> okay, let's, let's own this. All here. right, there, yeah, you're but, right. But you're driving up through Portland. I'm driving up through Portland, and I'm seeing... So in, in here, what we have with the homeless population is their structures, but they're very clearly lean-tos or tents or whatever it is that people are using. To, yeah, and they try to put them up in the corners. They try to put them away. Right. In little, Portland, know. it's basically like a, it's Hooverville everywhere you go. Yes, it's yes. just shanty. Every flat spot in town is covered with something. Right. It's like, it's like coastal Jamaica in the 1920s and mm. Ernest Hemingway is writing about these like, you know, shack towns basically. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at these and I'm seeing power cords going into them. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing people with full uh, flat screen TVs that they probably stole. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, I have all the empathy in the world. I have so much of it. It's not even funny. I don't have empathy for people who are literally taking advantage of the system so that they can watch TLC at 12 o'clock in the afternoon from the safety and comfort of their pallet house that they've built directly in front of a Kroger. And, and the money I mean? they save by not buying a belt to hold their pants up, they use by a cable package. <laughs> right? And their addresses. We I worked at I worked at a TV station in Portland yeah. for a year. Yeah. And we had a we had a secure parking lot adjacent to the station that where the station vehicles were kept and the and the the reporters and salespeople, which I was one, all parked our cars in security because you needed a barbed wire fence parking lot. So three quarters of the parking lot's fences had structures built up against them. So as we as you park your car, you look through the back half 
of the their, their, the the bay window of their of their tarp structure. Okay, and you're literally watching you're watching the lives that these people are suffering through. I don't mean to make little of their their struggles. The credit well, in some do. oh, is this me? Thanks, uh, King Five. Well, they want they want to help. Uh, but, but, <laughs> and we say all this because the drug use that 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 community that community of well intended embrace them, treat them as humans, allows them to become almost subhuman. In the things that drugs now could bring in the most lethal addictive drug we've ever seen in fentanyl into the mix. And this is what you have in Portland. And they realize it can no longer be the nice city that just cares for those on the street and needs some federal help. Yeah. And also new legislation, which is currently in the works. Uh, Seattle's council member Tammy Morales has decided to join a coalition demanding the recall of Kia and Hyundai vehicles. I understand the desire to treat the symptom and not the problem. I get it, right? We're hey, we're going to okay. get the vehicles. This is this is not the way that you solve this problem by having them recalled and then having. You understand what an yeah. inconvenience that is? Oh, it's to horrible. I've been driving around with a airbag about to blow up in my face for over a year and a half. What do oh, you doing? Me too. <laughs> be, because there's there's a mandatory recall of uh, airbag components for a variety of imported vehicles. Well, I have a Honda that's also Toyota. Just had a massive recall. Mm. The inconvenience of getting your car into a shop for a recall and a replacement they're paying for. Right. I don't have a day and a half to be without my vehicle. I don't have that kind of time. So, so this was my thought is that, and I've said this many times, why not offer people who own Kias or Hyundais a lock, the claw, whatever it is. The club, yeah. Why not offer people alternatives uh, as opposed to we are now going to mandate that you return your vehicle? Why not? Here's a crazy concept out there. Why don't you make pursuits a thing again so that when people do the over-under on stealing cars, they think to themselves, yeah, I probably, I mean, getting away from the car, uh, the cops is really difficult because I'm not driving a 1968 Shelby Mustang. Right, I'm driving a Kia. Right, and I'm not, you know, on the, uh, in L.A. County, in the L.A. River, dry, trying to get away oh, from the ravines. cops. You know what I mean? Yeah, some of the greatest chase scenes all And I'm not Nicolas Cage, who then, you know, swoops up the little, uh, the stick shift, and there's a button that's got the nitrous <laughs> gas. And then I hit it, and then I get away. You know what I mean? Like, I, no offense to the, the Tammy Morales, this is a symptom, not a problem thing. And okay. quite frankly, I'm going to try to be as kind as I can about this. Okay. This is stupid. <laughs> I think you really softened the blow there. This is a dumb thing for somebody to propose, being that you can help people literally right now by contacting the people who make club or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And figuring out, like, do, what, what didn't they? What did, they, did they do in Ballard? Where they do this? Where, where they actually gave away a thousand of a, them? A couple different communities in town. I think Ballard may have been one. I think it was in the South End. They did one as well. I think Bellevue, maybe. Bellevue. Bellevue. Like, yeah. The problem is that they make, you know, I don't know, four thousand, two thousand, ten thousand of these clubs available, and they're gone that afternoon. Right. So do it. Just have somebody drive up and hey, do you drive a Kia? No, that's a Ford. Get out of here. If okay. you got a Kia or a Hyundai, then you get the thing. Clubmobile. Drive around town. And the other like thing the is, is that what you're basically telling people who own these vehicles is that it's their responsibility to do the job that really the city and the county should be doing in the first place. Well, well, Tammy Morales is trying to say this is Kia's job. This is Kia's responsibility. You know, because I, I do like the fact. I know it's an impractical solution, and it puts all the the effort and all these the inconvenience on the on the car owners. But the fact that Kia would sell a car that could be jacked by a YouTube video and a USB cord <laughs> to America is pretty irresponsible. Right, especially by a bunch of 13-year-old girls. In pajamas. Especially by the pajama bandits.
I just think that like there is a way for Seattle, Portland, San Francisco. These are all every story that we've gone over is an example of what happens when you allow that thin protection mechanism to fall apart. Yes. When you when you allow criminality to take root. I don't think that we should criminalize drug use. I'm 100 percent that. But you then can't make the concession that, well, we can't criminalize drug use, which means that you're basically allowed to sleep wherever you want. And you basically don't have to post any bail if you assault somebody. And if you steal from a business, you have to steal. Uh, if you steal under four hundred ninety nine dollars, then you're going to get a ticket. We're going to hold the door for you. We're going to hold store. the door for yeah. you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hear you. I- I'm okay with step one, where you say we don't want to criminalize drug use. I'm totally fine with that. You can't then go down and say, and we won't criminalize these other seven thousand things right. that are right. actually legitimate crimes. That's where the problem is, and I'm glad that there's been this this understanding that we need to kind of roll it back. A right, couple of few right. a swing back toward uh, swing common sense back just a little bit. And so can I can I say thank you for not just saying Democratic policies, which I think is I'm, I'm coming to the brutal realization well, okay. that this is kind of the underlying because commonality. I don't, I don't think that it is what I mean. They were policies that were brought forth by Democratic leadership. But if I talk to my friends who are Democrats, nine out of ten of them say, I don't like these policies. I, I, you know I'm, what I mean? I'm one of the nine. Right. Yeah. So it's it's the kind of thing where it's unfair to use that phrasing Thank because you. because I know what it means, but I don't know if everybody who listening who is listening, no offense to those ten percent of people who don't you know what I mean? Yeah, that, I hear you. Can they contextualize it when I say that policy, I'm not attacking people who vote D because that's what children do. Yeah. Right? I mean, I hear, no, I hear you. I appreciate it. Generalizing. When we get back, hey, speaking as someone who loves attacking the D's, Ben Shapiro and Tom McDonald are well on their way to being number one on the Billboard Top 100. But here's the thing. You got to pay for it. I want to talk about grifting because it's a phrase that's often thrown around. It is. I want to talk about what it means to buy your way into the culture war and why you probably don't want to do it. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this. The internet can be a dark and often dangerous place. Only one man has the courage to go where no sensible person would go. Jack Stein is terminally online. Terminally online. Wasting my life on the internet so you don't have to. Grifter is one of the most common insults used on the internet, Spike. Now, I go to places on the internet that you don't go. Thank you, by the way. You pretty much only go on Facebook, right? That's kind of Boomerville, as I like to call it. Yeah, I do spend a little time on the uh, on the right. FB. So if, if you on the FB, so if you go on Twitter, if you go on Reddit, if you go on YouTube, a very common insult that people like to level, levy at each other is grifter. Now, the reason that they say that is because they will say something pretty much to the effect of. You're only doing this for money. You're only doing blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? They, they, mm-hmm. that's, it's considered to be a, a, a pretty heavy insult no, to somebody. It seems that it, you're taking advantage of people, right? And right. Does grifting require a... A product? or Yes, and it, but, a yes. Di- but a disingenuous yes. cover for why you want money and, and, and what people are getting for your from the request. Yeah, so a, a grift can be anything from, uh, hey, you know, I have this exclusive content that's behind this paywall. You have to down, you have to pay us however much, $12 a month mm-hmm. to get this exclusive content, right? 
Now, if you do that, but then the content that you have is basically like recycled or watered down content. That's available elsewhere for it's free. Available elsewhere. That's, that's okay. a grift, it, right? It. But not all capitalism is grifting. No, not all right, of it. Right. I mean, some people might make that argument. So, so it's important though, to call out what is true grifting, what what is, at least well, in yeah, our opinion. What is, I mean, uh, grifting, another way of putting it is that, is that I want to make money off of your feelings and emotions. I'm trying to, make, I'm trying to get you to engage in a certain kind of consumerism to assuage fear, anger, resentment, whatever it is. Okay. So okay. that you feel like you can do something with these emotions. So if I tell you a bunch of negative stuff about the state of Washington or the the uh, the United States in general, mm. and I pump your brain fill, f- just full of your country's falling apart, it's being stolen from you. Okay. We, Fear, we gotta, resentment, We got to mobilize. We got to do something about this. Right. That is why I have my own line of products for you to try out so that we can fight against our country falling apart through consumerism. Basically, it's the model that the major networks use where it's fear and then pharmacy commercial. Right. Fear and then then pharmacy. I appreciate you bringing that up. That's no different than the guy who says, I I sell survival gear and food that will last you a year and desalinization tablets. (laughs) That's that's no better than a major television network saying, it's all going to hell. Here's some pills to make you feel better. So Ben Shapiro is a political commentator. He's making national news because he came out with a very subpar rap song with a rapper whose name is Tom McDonald, who is a Canadian and also owns a farm. So... He <laughs> said something on his podcast today, which I thought to myself, oh, I think that people, if you're a fan of Mr. Shapiro, should probably know about this. Because is the goal to create and release a, a, an important piece of art? Is the goal to create and, and disperse a piece of cutting political commentary or cultural commentary to give voice to an, an element of our society to give that, voice yeah. to an element of our society that is underserved or mayhap is there an ulterior motive to all of this and he actually exposed himself in this particular grift on, on his podcast today here's what that sounded like now Let's be clear. The Hot 100 is not actually the list that we are seeking to be number one on. The one that we want to be number one on is the digital song sales, which is why you should head on over to iTunes. Those are the only sales that are currently being counted in terms of the Billboard digital song sales list. So head on over to iTunes right now if you haven't already bought the song and go do that over there. Go make it happen right now, folks. Let's get that Billboard number one. This is sort of your last opportunity today to get in under the wire. So head on over to iTunes. And if you buy today, we'll send you a second song absolutely free. <laughs> Just pay additional handling and shipping charges. So please go buy oh. it. Just don't listen to it. You have to go buy it. For why? Because we want to be number one on the Billboard Top 100. For why? Because we have to stick it to the woke left. For why? For what purpose? None. And that's what's so gross about this. Just so people know, with uh, Apple Music, they take about $0.34 cents out of every dollar that you make on Apple as an artist. So you're keeping about... You're keeping two-thirds of the money as an artist? You're keeping about 66 cents okay. right around there. Okay. So what you're seeing here is he's saying, no, 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 no. It's, we don't want to be number one on streaming. It's got to be on the Billboard Top 100, which requires you to buy it. That is a grift. It does nothing. It makes no difference if that song is number one or number 10. It makes no difference, right? Yeah. The only reason that this entire thing has been concocted is so that you can take your conservative dollars and give them to a man who doesn't need them. 
He is wealthy enough so that you can do what with that? Stick it to the woke left because the woke left cares. Communists care about the Billboard Top 100. Wow, I had no idea that that was a thing. That they're Bill- making a statement, Jack. They're making a statement. They're making a statement. We're telling you people, and, and me as a liberal-leaning left snowflake foot soldier freedom, I'll say, wait a minute. It's the number one bought digital song in America? Maybe I'm on the wrong side of history here. Maybe I should give that point of view the light of day and, and open my mind. Well, I mean, the, the other part That's of this... That's not what I'm going to do. I'm just right. trying to find the other side of the coin. The other part of this is that we made a video about this on our YouTube channel right. where we right. co- we commented on this video, and we were talking about our very sundry thoughts about this video. Mr. Free Speech decided to copyright claim that video, even though it falls under free use, even though it falls under... There's commentary. Mm. We didn't play the music. We right. only looked at the visuals. It has a copyright claim on it, which means that all of the ad revenue that that video would have made goes to DW. The only way for us to fight that is if we get a lawyer who sends them a, a letter saying this is free and fair use, and then they say we'll see you in court over what amounts to about 50 cents in ad revenue. So if you think about this, really, this entire endeavor was a big grift. Knowing that people would talk about it, knowing that people would play the video, knowing that you could copyright claim it, it is the, the griftiest of the grifty, and the fact that people don't see right through this is astonishing to me. That they, that because they have some bizarre fealty to the number one conservative podcast host in America, they don't say, "Papino, that's giga cringe." Please just go back to talking about neoliberalism. Please just go back to talking about how much you hate the Biden. You know what I mean? Stay in your lane, dog. When you do this kind of stuff, the the greed is so unbelievably transparent and the just the cynicism is so unbelievably transparent. I am shocked that anybody would go and spend a dollar of their money on a song not to listen to it. It's not the Doobie Brothers, right? <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's really not. You're not going to be playing that on repeat, right? Yeah. It's you're going to It's not an earworm. It's not an earworm. No, it's not. It's you're, not memorable. You're going to buy it one time to own a fiction. The woke to own how many people in the United States? The woke left. To you're going to buy. You're sp- going to spend a dollar because it. Oh, I'm doing something. So yeah, I'm, it, I'm, sh- I'm sending a message right. to that to the majority of America. So instead of talking to your like weirdo socialist nephew and uh, talking to him about policy because that's hard and difficult. Ben Shapiro, take my dollar so I can engage in retail therapy. I, my heart breaks for people who believe that that system is somehow like, yeah, we're going to stick it to the Billboard Top 100. Why? Why? Well, who cares? Well, it's, I Why? Think, I think it might be the same. They're, first off, they're happy to send the dollar. They, they're 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 not. They don't see themselves. This is the one place they don't see themselves as victims. <laughs> they're happy to give the buck. They're happy to send the five bucks to this candidate or the fifty or the five hundred. No, you're wrong about this. They, yeah, do, not, they know they do see themselves as a victim. Do they? Well, but, but oh yeah, no, but dude, not they, of the grift. No, but they no, not of the grift. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, they're happy to send all that money to a. About, mm, to a billionaire who will never have campaign <laughs> contributions because he's super rich and he doesn't need anybody's money to be blah, 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 blah. And yet here comes email after email after email after auto deduct from your credit card exactly. that you don't even know about. Exactly. But and they're then, happy to send that money along. And then your data gets scraped and then they get to sell your data to the DeSantis campaign. That's not conjecture. They admitted that they did it. 250,000 names, phone numbers, email addresses of people who signed up for their services were sold to the DeSantis campaign. So they're making money hand over fist, selling people products that they won't use and they don't need to fight the woke left. I, it's, to me, I am like, if, if 
if you can't see the pieces, how do you help somebody at right, that point right, in time, right? right? Like, like, other than you're just trying to wake some people up. Just trying, man. I'm just trying to show people, like, there's a lot of other conservative commentators that don't do that. They don't do that garbage because they care about their audience. And I don't know why people are capitulating to the, like, the presuppositions of their own ignorance on what wokeism is and how to defeat it in the United States. We'll take a really quick break. Speaking of someone who's defeating wokeism, Jason Rance, who's not trying to sell you a song you don't want or need, he is talking about this uh, this school where they held a candlelight vigil for Fidel Castro, where they said that a 90-year-old man who died peacefully in his sleep was actually martyred. We're going to talk about it when we get back right after this. My good friend Jason Rance wrote a piece about a week ago about what was going on at the Martin Luther King Jr. Assembly at Shorecrest High School, in which Fidel Castro was labeled as a martyr for civil social justice or whatever garbage they wanted to say. And so what they did is that at the end of the assembly, student presenters offered what they called a candlelight vigil to honor the martyred that again included fidel castro and what i found so interesting about this story is that so they they lumped in castro with mandela and emmett till which if you uh understand the stories of those three men emmett till is closer to being martyred than any of those other men do you know what i mean if we think about history as to how he lost his life and in particular his mother's decision to showcase the way that he was brutally murdered do you know what i mean so that in and of itself would be a better argument nelson mandela died peacefully surrounded by his loved ones with nice white sheets and everybody was saying thanks nelson and then fidel castro also died peacefully in his 90s just passed away just you know Bienvenidos. And then he was... You yeah, know, and, and surrounded by uh, loving people, family, friends, and the original sexy nurse costumes. Right, They were exactly. created in, in Cuba for Castro. For him specifically. So because of that, he was not martyred. And my problem with this in Shorecrest High School is this, is that if you do that to people, if you do that to students, it's not just misinformation, it's non-information, mm. meaning it is the absence of truth. There is nothing true about the statement that Fidel Castro is a martyr for civil rights or whatever it is. Fidel Castro is a very complicated man. Very. But in no way, shape, or form is he a martyr at all. Spike is giving me can a I, face I, right can now. Can I give you a bad take? Laura, do you have Laura, a, do we got can that? You get we that get ready? A, all right, I, I am I'm so going to give you what I hope isn't, oh. hoping, but I think you may see this as a bad take. Okay. Come Spike with a bad take. <laughs> Spike's going to have a bad take. Everybody loves a bad take. And here comes Spike's... Man, all right, Spike, give okay. us this bad so, take, my well, friend. You, you said, first off, when I, when I started this train of thought, um, you said that Nelson Mandela wasn't a martyr. No, uh, because he died peacefully in his sleep on clean sheets and beautiful people that loved him. Yes. But I would say that the decades he spent in jail for his cause does Do give you, him the right, right to okay. call himself a martyr. No, this is a, this is a okay. great, great point of education. Now let, now let me go off the rails for you. Really quick, ahead. Let me just, it, quick interjection. Do you know why Nelson Mandela was kept in prison for 22 years? Sure. He, he, because he fought for um, at the end of apartheid, he oh, fought very for close. He, he fought for the equality of South Africans. The South African government came to Nelson Mandela, and what they said was this to him. This was after his five-year imprisonment. They came to him and they said, "Mr. Mandela, we would like because of your good behavior and because of your statue within the community, we want to grant you early release. All we ask, you can keep 
arguing on behalf of, of the abolition of apartheid. You can keep doing protests. Please stop bombing civilian targets. Please stop trying to blow up little Dutch children. Thank you so much, and then we shall release you. Nelson said, no dice. Not once, not twice, but thrice, which is why he was for, kept... For decades. For Right. He okay. said, I would rather kill little white kids than be let out of prison. Well, not Dude, so many words. That but... is... That is, I mean, you okay, can't no, say no. like, oh, it's because he was on the side of truth and justice. Like, that's in his biography. That's what he said, well, well, right? Well, you're helping me make my point here. Mandela was a figure uh, who was heralded, uh, celebrated, championed, but flawed. Yes. Right? Yeah, right? that's what I would say. Yes. Um, so I would say the same thing about Castro. Now, the, the gist of this article that Jason Rance wrote over on KTTHMyNorthwest.com is that uh, the school didn't go far enough to list the bad elements. And there were numerous horrific, murderous elements of the Castro regime. Right. Mm -hmm. But does, can't they still celebrate the fact that he was he fought against colonization of his country? He brought certain elements of civil wellness to the to, I, I know he was a murderous yeah, put people in prison okay. for life. You could you could say that the, if I was doing a good faith argument for Castro, the argument that I would make is he certainly defeated to a certain degree Spanish colonization and also British colonization by extension. And he did eventually bring his country to having the highest literacy rate in the world that that's um, again my point is that people are complex historical figures are complex he is a very complicated figure you correct. see people that want to rip down thomas jefferson statues there was a recent story where the thomas jefferson statue was taken from city hall in new york because jefferson once owned slaves sure and the outrage of that people sure. this guy wrote the constitution this guy blah blah you know this guy was a founding father blah 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 blah. he was also a complex individual who had a, a, a warted past yes as did washington but don't we deserve? Don't the, don't the kids we're bringing up in this country and educating deserve to know that even our heroes had problems, and even people who did horrible things, they did some good for the for their country. Yes, I that, will agree with that. That's, that's not a bad take. Thank you. That's a good take. Spike, you're going two for two on you thinking you got bad takes, but well, really they're good no, takes. I've, I've decided since you guys made a promo, I'm going to do some homework. <laughs> I'm no. going to I'm going to earn my dollar seventy five an hour. No, that's a great take. That's what I advocate for. Is like I, I think I learned it from you, right? So, you got to look the headline behind the headline here, right? So that like when we look at Mandela as a figure, I had no idea you, about you, that. By well, the way, what you could say is that the reason that he did that was so that they would know how serious he was. He was you know willing I mean? to give up his freedom. Exactly. So you could make that argument as well in saying that he could have been set, call my bluff, basically, even though he was really like bluff. You know what I mean? He, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. bluffing on this, but call my bluff and then release me. Uh, all right. Yes. History is very complicated. Speaking of, by the way, there is the executive director of Kitsap 911 operations. He resigned following an underage sex sting. This story is beyond bizarre, mostly because to catch a predator was a thing, and you would have thought all these guys would have just gone away thanks to the hero that is Chris Hansen. Washington Democrats are unsure of their next move on the six GOP-backed initiatives, which I believe will be on the ballot. And Kate Stone will join us to talk about what exactly, Mr. O'Neill? Uh, the closing of juvenile detention centers. That's right. There's been some evolution in that story. We'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this.